The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station XD TV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Rica. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief barrister, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins. That is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, it states, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We must all run the race that is set before us and be able to claim the prize of eternal life with Christ Jesus. Our church choir, under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, will sing for us his song entitled, Press Toward the Mark. 
featuring a solo by Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano, Iris Lock on the organ. Please join in the singing as the words appear on your screen. No, it 
throughout the Bible, Jesus is referred to by many names. In Isaiah 9, 6, it states, And his name shall be called Wonderful, Consolate, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When the Lord speaks of himself, he uses the term, I am. But no matter what term or name God uses, the full redemptive name for the full salvation is Lord Jesus Christ. Our church band under my leadership will play an uplifting and inspirational song entitled, How Majestic Is His Name? blessed this morning to have the sweet voice of our soloist Seneca Rose Hahn as she sings this beautiful and comforting song entitled If Jesus Goes With Me. Accompanying her will be Christy Hahn on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Emmett Sproul Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. Sunshine that I in peace. 
In our daily walk with Jesus, if we take the time to learn through His words and His teachings and exercise our faith in prayers and supplication, He becomes more and more real to us in our lives every day. Once again, our choir will sing this wonderful song entitled, He Made Everything New. Please join in singing by following the words on your television screen.
As a special selection, we have a band combo combining their God-given talents in this faithful song entitled, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. How wonderful it is that we are able to offer our talents to the Lord, whatever it may be, and share God's word with those around us by living by example. We allow Jesus' light to shine so that others may see Jesus in us. Coming up next is the wonderful group known as the Daughters of Judah as they sing this majestic and pious song entitled, Here I Am, Lord. It is an honor to and delight to dedicate this song to Ms. Bua Nani Howell. We pray that the Lord continue to pour out bountiful blessings, press on and overflowing upon you and your family in this life and that to come. Have a beautiful Sunday, Bua Nani.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Our Sunday gospel services start at 10 a.m and Divine Healing Service at 7 p.m. Sunday School for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanari Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who is bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. One of the reasons I truly feel blessed is that I had the opportunity to share the good news of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you, our television audience, through these weekly telecasts. Man's human instincts causes him to embrace sin and shun the Lord's sacrifice and call to everlasting life through his salvation. It is my sincere desire that you will not fail to heed the Lord's commandment to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. I pray that as a result of the gospel message that you will hear today entitled, Preach the Foursquare Gospel, you will move a step closer to Jesus. What does Foursquare mean? Do I need to employ a mathematical understanding to define Foursquare? First, you don't need a degree in the sciences to understand what Jesus meant when he referred to the gospel that brought salvation to mankind. Secondly, the word Foursquare is found only once in the Bible. 
It was uniquely applied when John the Beloved described the new Jerusalem as he observed it coming out of heaven. Spiritually, foursquare means complete, trustworthy, flawless, faultless, durable, impenetrable, unyielding, firm, and forthright. Let us read in Revelations chapter 21, 16. And the city, that is the holy Jerusalem, lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and height of it are equal. God is the master builder of all things. The Spirit of the Lord called John the Beloved to come up hither and took him to the top of a great and high mountain. John the Beloved indeed was privileged to have such a notable experience and live to tell about it. John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Obviously, Jesus saw something in John that was most significant. John in the vision was taken to the top of a great and high mountain. Spiritually, that is the place where we want to find ourselves. When Jesus reveals his glory to us, it will be that because we have been found worthy to be in his presence. For example, Moses was called up to the top of Mount Sinai, where the Lord gave him the Ten Commandments. Here we find John in the center of God's will. There he saw the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Its glory was overwhelming as he attempted to put the glory of that city into words. Just imagine the city measured over 1,300 miles in length, in width, and in height, an enormous size of the city. The Lord allowed John's eyes to behold every detail. Abraham based his entire life on the promise that were given to him. He was privileged to see what rewards were kept in store for the believer. He believed with all his heart and looked for a city which had foundations that were designed and constructed by God. That was John's assurance that all he received of the Lord was truth and not a lie. God established a standard that acted as a plumb line for all men to follow. Thus, it was with the commandments that were written in stone with the finger of God. They were not to be changed. God established that which would secure the saving of the soul, and it was to be impervious to the wiles of the devil and to the subtle and destructive forces of errant self-willed wisdom, who we who make up the body of Christ are firmly situated on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. In Jesus, believers are able to endure generations of mocking and scoffing. Jesus withstood the test of time, no matter how great the effort that was taken by a secular world to disprove his existence. Remember the words of David as we turn to read Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The first word gospel is a fortified refuge for anyone who will believe and call upon his name, Jesus. Countless assaults upon the credibility and the integrity of the name of Jesus have occurred without success. The name of Jesus and the power that is associated with it is from heaven above. Even so, as the devil and his adversaries believe in the one true God and tremble at the mention of his name, what will you hear, television viewers, when you arrive in the house of the Lord? You will hear the gospel of the kingdom of God as Jesus preached during his three-year ministry and that which proceeded out of the mouths of Peter, Paul, and the rest whom the Lord had commissioned. God purposed that his righteousness be perpetuated throughout their generations. He instructed Moses in this manner. Let us read in Deuteronomy 6-7. And thou shalt teach them 
diligently unto the children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. In doing so, the same story is spoken from generation to generation without change because it is spoken in the fear of God. God's righteousness is perpetuated in reverence, holiness, respect, and appreciation of his name and of the faithful who labored intently for the gospel. Have you ever pondered what was the Lord's intent was? Yes, God will provide spirit-filled prophets and preachers who are truly anointed by him to carry out his will. In the last days, though in a different time and place, spirit-filled and God-fearing preachers and prophets will preach the word and prophesy, meeting every spiritual need of the present-day congregation without fail. Let us read in 2 Timothy 4, 2-5. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make foolproof of thy ministry. The words of Paul to young Timothy were ones of encouragement and that he should continue on in the boldness and confidence of the Holy Ghost. Paul's duration in the ministry was about to end. In prison for what he believed did not deter his faith in God. His instruction to Timothy carried a concern for perpetuating the truth and order of the Lord without change, regardless of the time that has expired since the initial words of salvation proceeded out of the mouth of Jesus the gospel and the righteousness of God remains the same in this church. What is the four-square gospel? The four-square gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost, and we fire, and Jesus is coming soon. The gospel has proven itself to be impervious to man's belief. Mankind should be gravely concerned over the saving of the soul. What is being magnified in the four-square gospel is the name of Jesus. For salvation, TV viewers, you need to employ his name. For healing, you need to call upon the elders of the church who in the name of Jesus anointed with oil. The Holy Ghost is Jesus in the spirit that dwells within his people who live upon this earth waiting upon his promises. Jesus coming again is the blessed hope of the church. We look forward to the day when we will see him as he is in all the glory. The gospel is not complicated such that even a child who reaches the age of accountability we take it as age seven, meaning knows the basis of right and wrong that he or she can pass through the water of baptism. Thus, you see, it is not a matter of understanding, but a matter of obedience. Jesus said in Mark 10, 14 to 15, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for as of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Our hearts must be open to love and be found without malice and guile. Jesus uses children as an example for all men to rethink their approach to Jesus. Thusly, Jesus tells us that we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. If Jesus is to pardon and forgive us of our sin, the first step in that process must first come from the believer, which is repentance. Confession and remorse without repentance is empty. Confessing our sin must be motivated by desire to forsake, followed by works to live a life that praises God. Repentance means a complete change in thinking and turning around of one's life to a new direction that is approved of God. It also means a genuine sorrowful sin and determination to renounce and forsake the sinful lifestyle. 
Remarkably, Jesus is accessible through simplicity and godly sincerity. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus took the gospel as far north as the coast of Caesarea Philippi and Mount Hermon, and as far south as Jerusalem, Bethany, and the coast of the Dead Sea. The areas where he would have gone himself but could not, he sent disciples two by two, preaching the gospel and healing the sick. In this conversation, Nicodemus is representative of God-fearing man, lacking the truth, yet having the zeal of righteousness, but failing in knowledge. Nicodemus had knowledge of the scriptures and of the miracles, but he yearned for the promises. Nicodemus had to reach the complete knowledge of the truth in Jesus. Jesus was the answer for Nicodemus. Jesus could bring relief to the spirit of conviction that plagued Nicodemus. Jesus mildly rebuked Nicodemus in John 3.10, saying, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Nicodemus did come to repentance and was baptized in spite of the position he held in the synagogue. He preferred to obey God rather than man. Jesus can be your answer as well, television viewers, if you will but keep his commandments. Let us read Acts 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The revelation of God's name is the key to salvation, and that name is Jesus. Well, at the close of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus calls Peter to re-examine himself and his commitment. Peter confessed in spite of being confused and embarrassed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus' reply was this in Matthew 16, 17, 18, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus was preparing his disciples for the work ahead of them. He pointed to himself and declared that he was the rock upon which the church will stand. Thus the name of Jesus becomes very important in the redemptive plan. Let us read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Let us correlate this scripture with the words of Jesus found in Mark 16.16. 16. It reads, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. We cannot avoid the fact that water baptism is synonymous with salvation. Baptism is an act of a good conscience toward God. The scripture should not be misconstrued to mean anything other than the necessity for water baptism. Willfully refusing water baptism is disobedience against the known will of God. Baptism is not a reformation of the old man, but the new rebirth into a new creature in Christ. Born again means life is being restored after death. Perhaps, TV viewers, you have been baptized in water by immersion. Are you sure that your baptism was administered in the name of Jesus? Paul explains water baptism resembles the death, burial, and the resurrection of the old man who is raised into the newness of life in righteousness. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 15, 42-44. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Jesus is calling you to have your sins washed away. Today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. Today, people yearn for security and a place of refuge. Many are concerned over the pending war and the constant threat of terrorism. For this, they find safety in government action and in themselves. Yet, many fail to realize that a great event will take place, which will encompass the entire earth at the same time. To whom will they then turn to? 
When the Lord ravages his true church from this world, it will be a great day for the faithful, but a very sad day for the fallen and unbeliever. At present, the only safe place is in the blood and in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in Exodus 12, 13, And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Jesus asked his disciples to special calling. He wanted them to be two witnesses, but he knew they would need his spirit, better known as the Holy Ghost. He said in Acts 1, 8, But he shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and he shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. The battle to take the gospel to the uttermost part of the earth will be an uphill battle all the way. The true adversity to true righteousness is tremendous and grows every day. Nevertheless, the martyrs of Hebrews, chapter 11, inspire me as with many others whom God has anointed to preach the truth, to preach against sin, to lift his bloodstained banner to the highest and to prepare souls for his return. Let us read in Matthew 28, 18, 19, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This year on Sunday, August the 2nd, 2020, we are celebrating the 97, or had celebrated the 97th anniversary of our church. It has been 97 years since our late founders, Pastor Charles and Sister Ada B. Labama, arrived here in our way at the direction of the Lord on August 4th, 1923. The Lord saw fit to send them out, not only for the sole purpose of preaching the sovereignty of Jesus Christ and to spread the gospel and baptize souls in the name of Jesus, but there also was a valid need for them to preserve and perpetuate the God truth of the Word of God and the uniqueness of the four square gospel. Our founders never looked back after the departure from Los Angeles and never regretted following the Lord's instructions. When the Lord sent them to Hawaii, it was purposed by the Lord that they deliberately sever all ties with their former place of worship. They were adamant in their stand for righteousness, and they knew the Lord was in the process of establishing a new beginning. Back home, in all likelihood, they witnessed a decline in policy, ordinance, and rights of worship in the place where they found their salvation. Thus, in the turn, prayed earnestly that the Lord would intervene on behalf of righteousness. The Lord answered their prayer because it was an unselfish prayer which ascended to the Lord as a sweet-smelling incense. When taking the call to preach the word, they would not represent a church that would no longer bear the name of Jesus. Instead, they would now be true representatives of the Lord himself and be answerable to God alone. Truly, they were anointed of God. And the Lord performed every counsel that proceeded out of the mother mouth and confirmed the word of God they preached with signs following. Without question, they endeared themselves to the righteousness of God. They not only professed the word, but lived into its fullness. They not only spoke of Jesus, but his spirit rests upon them. Remember the words of Nicodemus in John 3, 2. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Our founders originated from a work that was initially rooted and grounded in the name of Jesus in Los Angeles. The work at that time prospered spiritually because they were preaching the right things. Souls were being saved through water baptism in the name of Jesus. Souls were filled with the Holy Ghost as evidenced by the speaking in tongues. Those who had the faith to be healed experienced divine healing. Unfortunately, the work that was initially established in the Spirit of the Lord was already on the path of spiritual destruction. Early in the year of 1923, the leaders of the day chose to compromise the work by estranging themselves from the sovereignty of Jesus Christ and accepting the prevalent practice of the Trinity doctrine. Whether the decision was made to change this doctrine was due to internal dissension, controversy, or the work suffered with financial hardships. If that church had stood for the Lord, it would have survived. However, God had a greater purpose. A decision likened to that caused the spiritual body that once embraced the name of Jesus to be no longer a living organism as Jesus wants his body to be. 
As a result, the work our founders left behind and from which they civitized in time became a secular structured organization with its presidents, directors, pastors, theologians, doctorates, and church leaders. On the surface, some would say the church had grown and prospered, but I say at what expense? If a church is not preaching the gospel, how then can anyone be saved from sin? And additionally, would Jesus fit in? And where is his spirit and what part does his spirit play? How could everything the guidance received by the Holy Ghost by shunning Jesus, being that he is the Holy Ghost? One thing for sure, the Apostolic Faith Church, we have been taught by our founders and continue to adhere to the fact that we are a spirit-directed church. Everything is put to the Lord in prayer. The glory of the Lord always remains paramount, such that every decision arrives and made with discipline that we might completely fulfill His will. That is, one can perpetuate righteousness from generation to generation. Some have said how the church is much older than ours. However, the real fact is that the true Pentecost church sends back to when the first church was recognized with a mighty upon God's Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The first church number 120. That is the history of our church, and we can probably say what they preached then, we are preaching today. What they experienced on the morning of the day after seven Sabbaths past exists with us today with greater power and in greater measure. And to continue to spread the good news, Jesus raised and anointed 70 additional disciples to preach, teach, heal, and baptize souls. Let us read of the commission in Luke 10, 1-2. After these things, the Lord appointed out the 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where they himself would come. Therefore, he sent them, the harvest truly is great, for the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he would send for laborers into his harvest. The Lord's instructions to the 70 were very specific, being that the task wasn't an urgent one and could not be taken lightly. They were instructed to be watchful and careful. They will be sent out as lambs, having no guile, no to dwell among ferocious wolves. This would indicate the level of opposition they would encounter. What they had offered to the world was contrary to popular belief. In other words, very few will open their doors to Jesus. Jesus impressed upon them that they had no need of the material things, meaning God would provide for them. By touching the hearts of those who would receive them, they were instructed to respect every household, even those who would reject them in the course of preaching. Whether they were received or rejected, they were instructed to say in Luke 10, 9, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Healing was a part of the ministry, and the devils were made subject to them through the name of Jesus. However, healing was not the center of the preaching, but was designed to act as a confirmation that would reinforce the power of the word of God and the need for salvation. The purpose of their preaching was to save souls. When they returned to the company of Jesus, the disciples rejoiced and marveled over the fact that the devils were subject to them. But Jesus said in Luke 10, 19 20, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. As you can see, Jesus always kept the disciples clearly focused on their calling, lest being novices, they could fall into the condemnation of the devil because of pride. It would be a privilege for them to be true representatives of the Lord, having been commissioned to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, after having experienced salvation themselves. At the end of this dispensation of grace, Jesus will return in clouds of glory to retrieve the bride of Christ. This makes the four-square gospel complete. His Bible consists of those that stood for truth and righteousness under the most trying times of their faith. Let us read in Revelation 3, 8, 10 to 11. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. 
times will change, but Jesus and his righteousness will remain the same. People in the last days will depart from the truth and seek out other doctrines. It is so apparent today where man has placed his faith, cults, physics, astrology, devilish things, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life have deceived the hearts of many. Countless false religions and simple creeds oppose the truth of the gospel and the opportunity it brings to escape sin and death. We, on the other hand, will continue to preach the false great gospel and will continue to preach against sin. Thus, our sincere efforts are directed towards bringing you, our viewers, the truth of the word of God. In closing, let us read John 8, 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and review this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hanjian, expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. To close another hour of fellowship, we call upon our church band to play for you this uplifting song titled, All I Need.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.